We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. It is Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach. Got a lot to talk about today, I'm telling you, including a mishap on moving a piano. I don't know if you saw that story or not, but this wasn't just a piano. This was a very expensive $200,000 piano. <laughs> Stand by if you want to have fun at somebody else's expense. Hang in there. All right, let's see what's going on. It is uh, Beach and Company, and the in company includes Tony Caligiri and Joe Beamer. Tony, I saw some uh, uh, some pictures of you, uh, your son working out at the gym. Yes. Are you cracking the workout whip, or what are you doing? No, Nick wants to get serious about sports. Uh, I tell him all the time, you know, if you want to play, you're at the age now where it's no longer just go out and be with your pals. These kids are competitive, and if you want to get out there, you need to work out. So he, plus he sees that his friends are doing that. Are they, so he his wants friends are to. working out at his yeah. age? How old is he? Uh, 12. 12. That's, isn't that early to work out? No, that's no. actually the age that you want them to start. Are the muscles uh, still developing at 12? Yeah, but it's lightweight, five pounds, you know, things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I hosted the Thurman Thomas Training Hour, we talked about what was the right age to start a kid with weights, and it was 12. Uh, he could be the next Thurman Thomas. That he would be could nice. Be. That would be nice. That would be good. Uh, meanwhile, let's see, Mazarowski had a baby. And uh, Tony's son is working out. Buzzy, you're the only one left out of this. What's going on with you? Which part? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. We had baby and we had young boy. And uh, you are a uh, a millennial boy. I am still a young boy at heart. How'd it go over the weekend? I heard you had Chris Jacobs on for an hour. That's good. Yeah, I had Chris Jacobs on Hardline Sunday, if you missed any of that. Obviously, not in the next three hours, but you can get it on demand at WBEN.com. Looking forward to Nate and Chris having a debate, maybe even here on WBEN. That would be good. That would be uh, We'd take sharp objects out of the room and let them go at it. I think that's a good <laughs> Can't idea. Can't we get Dana White here and do, like, you know, UFC style? They got to do the weigh-in. Yeah. yeah that we, a steel cage studio. That's right. One of them is going to turn into Conor McGregor. Does uh, the president know visualization or what? <laughs> Was he the coolest thing, he and his beautiful wife, at Daytona? You see the plane coming in. First of all, the plane looked like it was coming in right over the grandstand. That now, was wicked. Maybe it was the shot, but it looked it looked fabulous. Uh, Air Force One is such a, a icon, an iconic air, airplane that when you see it, it's really an event. Uh, so you got that, and then they took the Beast, which weighs 12 
thousand pounds. Okay, my truck now is a big, heavy, heavy truck. It's one of the heaviest trucks on the road, and it weighs guess how much? Six thousand pounds. So that and the beast weighs twenty-two thousand. It could do two hundred miles an hour. I, I'm sure it's got a decent engine in there. Uh, and they took a lap. Yeah, they took a lap. Uh, you know, a warm-up lap uh, at Daytona. So, which is a bank track, and that's cool. Uh, they didn't pop a wheelie or anything. <laughs> but that was just the coolest thing. And uh, the young woman who sang the national anthem, an Air Force sergeant. She was fantastic. <clears throat> she was very good. She looked like she was 12. Yeah. Didn't she look young? She did. So uh, between her, the color guard, the president, the limo. The flyover. The flyover was fabulous, too. And um, and actually, um, it was just an exciting day until the end, until the uh, last lap and the last corner of the last lap, uh, where there was a, a really serious crash. But that was scary. Not li- not life threatening. So that's good. I mean, just the way the broadcast ended with um, nobody knew Mike Joy and Jeff Gar- Gordon. You could tell it was very somber. And like you said, yeah, they didn't know. They well, look didn't... at the driver's reaction when they yeah. were talking to them. Those guys, you could tell they were visibly shaken up. Well, of course. It took them 20 minutes to get him out of the car. Was... They didn't show him going into the ambulance, but it's great that uh, it won't be life-threatening. Even though they're competitors on the track, uh, they're not competitors in life. No. Uh, they're friends because they travel the circuit together. I'm sure they do stuff together. And then they put on their helmets and they and they compete. And uh, racing is, you know, despite the fact that they have those steel cages and uh, they have all kinds of equipment and and good medical groups, it's still a very dangerous sport, always has been. Do you guys criticize, look, or even accept any of the criticism towards Fox, how they handled uh, the end there by not getting too much into it, not uh, showing him coming out of the car, things like that? I I think that, you know, when something like that happens, no, I'm not critical. The reason is... When something like that happens and you don't know, I don't think anybody wants to guess the extent of the injuries, what's wrong, uh, is he still alive. I, I, I think they're very careful not to do that uh, until they know. And they didn't know for two hours. Uh, so they, they couldn't stay on the air for two hours, you know, just not having any more information than that. No, I, I'm not critical of them. Yeah, I think it was smart of them to obviously not show the incident. You don't know what's going on. And I also applaud that they kind of cut victory lane short. They got a quick interview, only interviewed two or three drivers, and said, you know what, let's get out of yep. here. They Now, uh, let's see, somebody, uh, maybe it was a spectator, said that it reminded them of uh, Big E, uh, Dale Earnhardt's crash. I, I, I saw Dale Earnhardt's crash. I didn't think Dale Earnhardt would have even been injured in that one. Right. Same here. The one uh, the one yesterday, was I didn't think, was anything like Earnhardt's crash. No. And like I said, these cars now are so safe the way they're strapped in. If Corey LaJoy hadn't, you know, wasn't there, and nothing Corey LaJoy could do about it, but if he wasn't there, I mean, it was just when Newman's car was on the driver's side, that was really the impact. Because I saw Carl Edwards a few years ago get thrown into the fence, bounce off the fence, over the track, into the infield, and walk out of that car. Uh, I, I was watching a race of Formula One, and there was a driver there who was just dominating named Anton Senna. Senna may have been, if, if, he, uh, if he hadn't passed, the greatest race car driver of all times, okay? And he was in Italy. I think it was Imola. And he's coming around the, the curb, and then his car suddenly just took a right-hand turn directly into the side barrier. But it looked like such a minor thing 
that I'm thinking Senna's going to be so ticked off because this is going to be something minor, you know, some 25-cent part on, uh, in that car or something. No, it was he was fatally uh, injured. And it hardly looked like he bumped the barrier. And, they, and Formula One has great safety uh, things too. So racing is inherently dangerous. You've got to expect that. And uh, it's much safer now than it used to be. Uh, there are specials on when people were dying – uh, there's, I've seen a couple of specials on uh, the danger of car racing. Uh, when people were dying every weekend, every single weekend. Uh, and so they got a lot better on safety, and we're glad it's not life-threatening, but it's pretty scary to look at. We'll take a break and return on News Radio 930 WBEN. Boy, every once in a while you see something that uh, gets your attention. This happened in London. A British woman who was drunk uh, was on the plane, uh, and she tried to open the door of the plane, thousands of feet above the North Sea. She's been jailed for two years and barred from air riding any airlines, according to uh, what I have here from uh, London. Uh, Chloe Haynes uh, was on the, uh, was on the Brit- Jet 2, which is a British budget airline. Uh, she uh, leapt to the door of the plane, scratched a member of the crew, and shouted, I'm going to kill you! And they immediately thought Jeff Dunham was on the plane with Ahmed. But it wasn't Ahmed. It was her. According to, I'm going to kill you, fellow passengers helped the plane crew restrain her. And that was that. The prosecution said she was drunk, loud, and argumentative. She'd make a good talk show host, don't you think? Drunk and argumentative at the same time. She pled guilty to endangering the safety of an aircraft and common assault. Uh, during the flight. So that's it. That's the last thing you need is, is for somebody to get involved and try and open the door. I wonder if the whole thing would decompress if that door... Yeah, I wonder if they can even open the door when they're traveling at that speed and that height. I don't know. Would the door just simply open? I would imagine that it would be difficult, but if it did, yeah, the whole plane would decompress. Yeah, that's, that, that would not be a good thing. Seeing people sucked out the front door of the plane would not be a good a good look. I don't know why I keep thinking of the uh, quote from Animal House. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. (laughs) Oh, that's how they described her. Well, not fat. They didn't want to insult her. No. Uh, But maybe she wouldn't have fit through the door. Who knows? Now, also, every once in a while, things happen. And uh, that's why you get the bumper sticker that says, things happen. Uh, uh, In Berlin, according to this article from the Washington Post, Uh, In a Berlin recording studio on a grand piano stretching more than nine feet long, Angela Hewitt wrapped up her concert of Beethoven uh, for the uh, forthcoming CD. She headed to the control room to hear how it sounds. Okay. So she told the crew, okay, uh, move the piano. Now, this wasn't just any piano. This was a $200,000 piano. $200,000. The world-famous pianist from Canada wanted her movers to haul away this huge piano. And, uh, and when uh, she was in the middle of listening to uh, what she had just recorded, there was a, uh, a sheepish look as the people who were moving the piano appeared outside the door to the recording studio, and they said, we dropped it. They dropped a 200,000. I couldn't believe it, she wrote. The accident has left her mourning a one-of-a-kind instrument traveled all over Europe with her for the past 17 years. She said it happened roughly two weeks ago, but she couldn't even talk about it. I didn't immediately want to share it with the world. One can only guess what her first words were. 
The movers were mortified. In their 35 years of experience, they had never dropped the piano, unlike uh, the Laurel and Hardy skit where they're trying to move the piano up the steps and it keeps falling down. This was a real deal. She bought the piano from its maker. It, uh, it had a lot of custom things in it, but one of the things is very custom. It had a fourth pedal uh, because uh, nobody knows if there's ever been another piano like it. She's had it all of her life, and now it is unsalvageable. You cannot fix it. Uh, the main frame of the piano, I don't know what the correct term on that, is uh, broken, and so she's done. She's going to have to uh, get a piano. Uh, maybe Jim Chipper can set her up with a new piano. I don't know if he's got any, any $200,000 pianos, but he's got really nice pianos. We should contact her. I'm sure she's in a good mood. Oh, yeah, I'm really she, sure. I, 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 she's going to use different movers from now on. I have a feeling that's not going to be it. I had to move a piano once. Did you really? Yes, uh, for uh, John Volby, of all people. Dr. Dirty. Yes, I was contacted by a friend of mine who says, hey, we, you know, we're looking for movers. John Volby's playing a concert in South Buffalo, and it was at a bar that was on the second floor. Oh, jeez. So we had to carry his piano all Upstairs? the way up. The two flights of stairs into the bar, and he was great. He was so nice and thankful, gave us records. You know, we were paid to do the job, and uh, just what a nice guy. I, and then I saw he had a nice concert Saturday with Rob Liederman at the Riviera. I would have just uh, rented a keyboard. Say, hey, we can't lift this damn thing. This keyboard only weighs, uh, you know, five pounds. <laughs> Here, use this, Dr. Dirty. Okay, got some things on, uh, some unusual different things today uh, on, um, uh, let's see, on the police blotter in the Amherst B, February 3rd. Are you ready? At a Maple Road movie house, a male driver was allegedly smoking a bong in the front seat of his silver suburban in the rear parking lot. My suggestion to him is go inside. They have comfortable chairs. That's my favorite movie theater. Now, I don't think they allow you to smoke a bong in there, but at least you'll be comfortable when they come and arrest you. I think that's a good idea. On February 4th, at a Hopkins Road uh, library, now I'd like to know how they know this. A 60-year-old man, how do they know how old he is? The library. They put your birth date on the, on the library card? A 60-year-old man with a goatee wearing dark clothing and a small backpack was reported to be talking to himself while sitting at a computer. People were calling him names. He said people were calling him names. Uh, there was nobody around talking to him. He was talking to himself. The complainant noted that they were concerned because a story time was taking place. What was he doing? He was just talking to himself. Now, we don't know what he's saying, but hey, boys and girls, here's what happens if you get to be a decrepit person. A resident of McNair Road reported that a man in his 40s with a mustache, a lot of guys in the 40s with a mustache, was driving around the area in a blue RAV4. The resident said a female was driving. Every once in a while, the guy would step out and take a picture of a house or a garage. Whoa, that's called homework. That's called preparation. Yes, that's what it is. Also, on February 5th, a complainant reported that he was, get this, <laughs> he was with a female at a Maple Road motel last night, and she took everything he owned. He said that the items included a credit card, a wallet, cash, and medicine. So uh, I, wonder, I wonder how he ended up with a woman at a motel. 
I guess they just maybe was sharing a room for, uh, you know, it's cheaper. It two happens. People, two people are using it. Yeah, absolutely. Every day. Many of you are thinking about different things. In fact, uh, it's, it, we, we can't judge this guy. We don't know. No. Yes. What's his name? George Costanza? <laughs> and did he just meet her on the subway? That's exactly right. <laughs> he left with everything but George. She took George's clothes, as a matter of fact. Because he had no money. <laughs> Seinfeld re- reference. Now Tony's in a bad mood. He hates it when we do Seinfeld references. We'll be back with more on News Radio 930. This is WBEN. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, it is a Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach. Good to be back. Had a nice four-day weekend. That was terrific. Okay, got some news. The Russian trip is done. We are done with it. The ship is sold out. We'll, we'll uh, all be going on it together, and we'll see you at the airport or on the ship or at dinner or breakfast or whatever. But the Russian trip, the ship is sold out. Uh, so the next uh, trip we have uh, will be two months after that. It's in uh, August. And uh, that will be Alaska. And we'll tell you more about that later. But if you need more information, 1-844-688-7477. Got it? Good. All right. It is uh, Beach and Company. Let's see. I had a couple of things that I I wanted to discuss with the guys. And uh, this is one of them. This is our subject for the uh, the day. First of all, if uh, if you've flown much at all, you know that it's, it's high tension now flying. And not the safety aspect, just the getting through the long lines and uh, getting through security and then getting your seat. And then uh, uh, people don't want to check any baggage, so they come in with skis, a Zamboni machine, and anything they can possibly get on the ship and try and stuff it in the overhead. And uh, uh, People are not generally very courteous. Uh, it's, it's not. The, the, the travel part by airplane is not a lot of fun. Okay, it's fun when you get there, or you get uh, get there and get on the ship. But it's not not that not a, a barrel of laughs uh, when you're flying. So uh, this uh, story is um, um, it's all over the internet, and I saw it last night on TV, and I thought this would make a good subject because a lot of people have been uh, flying and have run into people like this, and I'm wondering if the the person uh, who is complaining is going to get the sympathy or not, of the audience. I'm just trying to guess. So here's the deal. Uh, this woman was flying, and uh, that's that. 
and there was a guy sitting in back of her. So she decides, I'm going to put my seat back down. Now, just so you'll know, when I fly, I never recline my seat, simply because when you recline your seat, the person in back of you, if they have any size to them, if they're not Mike Bloomberg, uh, if they're any size at all, you're going to hit their knees, their tray isn't going to, so I just, out of courtesy, I don't recline my seat ever, okay? So this woman reclines her seat. And the guy in back of her is like, can't, can't do anything. Uh, and so he asks her, uh, would you mind not reclining your seat? So she said, okay, I'm, I'm having my lunch or whatever meal it was. And she uh, kind of moved forward and gave him a little room. All right. Finished her meal. And then what did she do? She reclined her seat again a second time uh, because she knew that the, the guy – couldn't do what the guy wanted to do, even eat or anything else while the seat was reclined. So she did it as a courtesy the first time, but then she reclined it again. So the guy started doing things that probably a lot of people would do. He started thumping on the seat, you know, like this, and he kept thumping. She said he was punching. So she decided she would take out a, um, a, a video phone, you know, a phone with a video on it, and hold it out there like a selfie, but around the edge of her seat to show the guy thumping the back of her seat. Okay. She called the, uh, the air, uh, the, uh, not the stewardess, the, uh, uh, the woman who takes care of you that is not, does not want to be called a stewardess. She's a flight attendant. Okay. So she called the flight attendant over, and the flight attendant didn't do much about it. Uh, and, uh, and so she was really ticked off. So now she's gone public with it. She had to go through this for the rest of the flight. She claimed she was assaulted, and she, uh, she's got a lawyer, all this. Now, I'm standing there. If I'm the judge on this case, just from what I told you, and what I told you, by the way, is an approximation of what happened. Because here's how particular people are. Tony, up on my screen, the, uh, the story about the piano said it was $200,000. That's what the story says. That's what the reporter said. This, this one said. Sandy, it was 194000 Oh, please. Fake news. Fake news. Stop it. Like that would change the subject? Oh, they dropped the piano, but it was only 194000 It could have been 200000 Never mean, mind. Don't you hate when people do that? Yes. It's when you're called doing nitpicking. A, when you're doing a talk show, you do approximations. You know, it's not a NASA space launch. It, I said what the story said, and it said two hundred thousand. I'll take the word as to one ninety four. I don't care. What are you selling it on the flea market? Can I get one ninety seven? Do I hear one ninety seven? So anyway, so she she claims she was assaulted because he was thumping on the back of her seat, uh, and uh, the CEO of another airline that, that was an American Airlines subsidy uh, subsidy flight, a different uh, branch of American Airlines. The CEO of Delta said that you should always ask, is it okay if I recline my seat? Which is, makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. I'm a big guy. I'm 6'4 and over 300 pounds, and I don't recline it because I have the courtesy of not wanting other people to be uncomfortable. I'd rather be a little bit uncomfortable myself than make them uncomfortable. I don't know them, and they don't know me. Okay? So I'm asking you, uh, uh, who would get your sympathy? The woman, if you were the judge, or the thumper. Now, I know if, as I'm standing here, I'm thinking, okay, 
the thumper shouldn't be thumping. But she also, if she has any courtesy at all, shouldn't be reclining the second time. And so I have more sympathy, even though I don't think it was the right thing to do. I wouldn't do it. I don't think you should do it. But in a court of law, I would say you weren't assaulted. It was a reaction to you doing something that he asked you not to do. Okay, he was wrong. We're not going to throw him in jail. We're not going to fine him a million dollars. We don't even know who he is, probably. So my sympathies would be more toward the thumper than the woman. Even though the thumper was wrong to do it, I think the other side of it, she was wrong to uh, put it down a second time and then take pictures of it and all that. Okay, uh, Tony, you're the judge now. Do you go for the woman or the thumper? I'm going to go with you on this one. I agree. I think both had their uh, were wrong, but you know, if the second time you're asked, don't please don't recline. Don't recline. Yeah, just don't do it. Don't do it. Does it hurt when you do that? Well, don't do that. So if I were the judge, I would throw it out of court. Not that the thumper was right to thump. But I think it was an overreaction. He asked her not to, and she did it anyway. Okay, Buzzy, you're Judge Buzzy. All, all uh, rise. We're hearing from the Honorable <laughs> Judge Buzzy. What do you think? Yeah, you know, if he asked her not to and she reclined again, I would have handled it differently. I probably would have used my words. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not worth the judgment in her favor. So, yes, I... I would side, the sympathy goes, to the guy sitting, by the way, in the chair that doesn't recline. Yeah. Now, here's what I, thank you, Buzzy. Now, here's what I do if I'm in front of somebody that's going to recline the seat, uh, or I think is going to recline it, and I'm uh, really tight. Some airlines, you're really tight. There's like an inch between your knee, and if you have that. So what I do, you know what I do? I have a little trick. I put my knees up against the back of the chair. So when they go to recline, they can't, and they think the seat just doesn't recline. There's no push at all. I do that simply because if they recline, my kneecaps would fall off. And that's not certainly, it's more on uh, the little commuter hops if you're coming from New York to Buffalo or something. Certainly not on the international flights, which uh, take longer, have more people, whatever. 803-0930, 803-0930, and star 930. Uh, who, uh, are, are you, whose side are you on? The woman or the thumper? Plus your personal airline experiences. Tell me if you've run into anything like that or bothersome or kids crying or whatever. On News Radio 930, WBEN. I, uh, I fly a fair amount of time, and uh, I've flown all over the world with our trips with AAA. Uh, to uh, to get to where the ship is, uh, and uh, you have to. Otherwise, you can't take a train across the ocean. Uh, so uh, the bottom line is I've seen a lot and been through a lot and, and, and flown a lot when I was programming for NBC. I used to go all over the country and listen to radio stations and things like that. Uh, so I've been through my fair share. I said I try and be as polite as I possibly can, and if I knew that I was going to uh, – uh, get in the way of somebody's knees <laughs> sitting in back of me. The only time I ever recline is when there's nobody sitting in back of me. And even then, I make sure. I make sure. I'm polite. I'm a polite person. Uh, but not everybody is. And I'd like to know, uh, do you favor the woman or the thumper? I favor the thumper, not because I said what he did was right, because it wasn't. But the woman said she was assaulted. Oh, come on. And it was the second time she did it before he started thumping. 
he asked her uh, not to recline, but uh, she was having lunch or dinner or something. And that's fine. And when she got done, she uh, uh, she got back to the regular. But then she reclined again a second time. And that's when the thumping started. Okay, let's go to uh, Frank in Tonawanda. Frank, who do you favor, the thumper or the woman? Well, I tell you, I, I sort of leaning towards the thumper, not condoning what he did, you know, constantly pounding. Because I've been in a, uh, in a position where I had a, a young kid that was sitting behind me, and he kept pushing with his feet against the back of my seat. Happens a lot, yeah. A lot. And I and I turned around and I asked his, you know, his parents, I said, do you think you could maybe control your young man here? Because he keeps thumping the back of my seat. Yeah. Well, they, he stopped for like five minutes, and then he continued on again. But, you know, it, these, it just seems like nowadays when you, when you fly, there's so much... Uh, so much in uh, un, there's unruliness. People don't have have any sense of being courteous towards their fellow passengers on a plane. I'll tell you why. First of all, they spent a lot of money to be on the plane, and they went through uh, all kinds of problems with security and whatever. And uh, they finally got on the plane. I think that they they figure they've paid their dues. They can do anything they want. Yeah, and they feel that they're and they're miserable before they even get in their seat. Oh sure. But, you know, Sandy. Uh, last year, we went to uh, Jamaica, and, you know, that's like a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour flight. Okay. Uh, we flew out of Boston. And as soon as we got on the plane, these, uh, these three individuals behind us, what, as soon as we got in the air, they broke out their fish dinners. Oh, gee. <laughs> Sandy, now how would you like to fly four-and-a-half <laughs> hours with the scent of the They brought the—it smelt. I, I think it wasn't a smelt, but it smelt. They brought their own fish? Yeah, they brought fish dinners on, and I'm going, are you kidding me? You're a little sensitive to other people around you on a plane. There's no word. They don't care. There's no, there's no place for that smell to leave. And let me tell you something. If anybody on the plane, like in Europe, they don't believe in things like deodorant, okay? okay. And all, all it takes is one or two people who really don't believe in deodorant, and the whole plane is like, oh, my God, are we there yet? I know, Sandy. I dealt with that for three years when I was over there, and I'll tell you, it's, you're, so, you're so right. I discovered it when I was in Boston going to radio school, and I would be sitting, you know, at the MTA. I'd be sitting on on a bus or a train, and somebody would be standing next to me who was like that. Forget it, Charlie. You want to you want to walk to where you're going? But you know, I, I've been on one of those flights with the that those passengers were on, and. The seating on American Airlines is atrocious. There's, there's, they cram people in there like sardines. You have no leg room. And I really do truly feel sorry for a person like you for, or for anybody who has long legs. Yep. And there's no place for them to, to go. You know, I think they should change the designation. Forget about uh, business class or first class or whatever. You should, when you buy your ticket, well, first of all, you may not even talk to a person. It's all electronic now. But if you do uh, luck out and get a person, they should say, would you like deodorant or non-deodorant section? <laughs> and, and then just have them all together and kind of rope it off or something. Really? I mean, it's, it's deep. but I'm telling you, it's I'm not a big guy, but I always try to get the ILC so I can stretch out my one leg at least. I, I, used, to, um, I used to try and get the 
the uh, window seat that was near the emergency exit. But because now I use a cane, they won't let you sit there because that is for an emergency, and you've got to be able to help others out and stuff. So yeah. uh, my my I, I usually get in regular seats now, and when I do, uh, when I do, it's it's really tough for me. Uh, they do not make these seats for anybody my size. Yeah, I traveled with a friend of mine when I was in the service, and he was like, oh, good six foot four, six foot five, and we were traveling back from Germany back to the states for our for some little R and R. And he was sitting in this seat. We were flying commercial because we couldn't fly any other way. And in this seat, and I swear to God, his, his knees were up to his chin. I've been there. If you take a commuter plane from uh, New York to Buffalo and it's American, good luck on that. You better, you better be Michael Bloomberg uh, in order to be comfortable in the seats. We'll be back. Uh, thank you, Frank. Thank you very much. We'll be back with Beach & Company News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 